Um, but I'm so blessed uh, to, to be able to, yes, call Kings Kona my home church. Uh, you know, I, I feel like this is something that, that my family and I have been praying for, you know. And this is an answer to our prayers because, you know, always with any ohana, with any church, you, you go because it's like, okay, we, we're going to go. But then there's other times where you find a church and you're like, this is home. This is family. This is where, the, and you know, sometimes you feel like a square peg in a round hole, you know, and you're just like, you're out there. But sometimes when you fit, you're like, thank you, Lord. And so I'm so thankful. I remember I first saw King's Kona when they were doing baptisms out here at uh, King Cam Beach. And I was so blessed. I was like, wow, look at this church. What is this church asking about it? I'm like, wow, there's like brown people that go to this church. There's actually an islander. Praise the Lord. And then, uh, and then my brother Joel. Yo, how many of you guys came to Kings because of Joel, man? Yo, Joel, like the evangelist, man of God, out here is going. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing how God is able to answer prayer and give us uh, a church family. Uh, especially because, you know, being in the University of the Nations, YWAM, you get the opportunity to serve the Lord in, in amazing um, kind of venues and settings across the earth. Like, uh, you know, uh, I love talking about this one in Pakistan, you know, like 75,000 people gathering in a field in Pakistan, right, to just hear the gospel. People say, man, Middle East is hard. I'm telling you, Middle East is ripe. Right, we've seen blind eyes open, crippled people walk, like deaf ears pop open. Um, we, in Myanmar, six simultaneous field events, you know, in a nation that's coming, that was coming out of genocide and seeing the power of God break out. Nations all over the earth in the craziest settings, right? But at the end of the day, I had to see, yes, so it's Mark 16, 15, preach the gospel to all creation. But it's also Matthew 28 in the Great Commission, make disciples of all nations. So at the end of the day, for us who are serving in the nations, we are so thankful for the local church. Because the buck stops at the local church in making the disciples. So for all of us in the U of N, I mean, uh, and, the, and YWAM, we are so blessed. Um, we are so, so blessed uh, for those of us who call this place home. Awesome. Well, I'm, we, we got to go. We're going to blaze. Is that all right? We're going to blaze. Is that cool? All right. So you can open your Bibles with me. We're going to start actually at the end. I know we're supposed to do the mirror service, but here's one that I didn't get a chance to throw in in the last service. We'll see if I can get it in in this one. Um, we're talking about prayer. So stay humble, pray. I love seeing that. I met the brother who started that brand in Kona. That's such a hard brand to rep, man. Stay humble, pray. Let's go. Um, and recently we just lost a general in the faith in Brian Brent. And uh, it's so interesting because... Um, you know, when you look at this man of God who had this incredible um, movement going to college campuses all across America, um, if you were to boil down his life, distill down his life to one thing, um, a lot of the people close to him would say he was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer. And his wife had Lyme's disease 30, was it, 30, 30 plus years, Lyme's disease, bed, bedridden, and she was a woman of prayer. So in the times where she could be away, she was on her bed and she couldn't move, she couldn't go out to the, to the different event, but she was a woman of prayer. 
And a lot of my friends that were at the service, my, my family and I, we watched on the live stream. And when the kids were sharing about their father, kid just saying, man, my father was my best friend. He was a man of God. I like, I paused the service. I was like, kids, come in here and watch this with me, you know. Like, you're going to learn today. All right. So, <laughs> But I was like, man, what if you could pull back the curtain, if you could lift under the hood and see what makes this brother tick, what is, is prayer. And we see here in Luke three passages. Luke is so interesting because we see that Luke has unique passages to the other synoptic gospels that will tell the same story. But in Luke, he might tell the same story and include while well, Jesus prayed before, like at the baptism. It says Luke will put Jesus prayed and then the, the, the sky opened and the, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. So we see this unique thing because Luke has an emphasis on the humanity of Christ. So looking at what actually made Jesus tick. We see this first. We're going to go there today as well. In uh, Luke 11 where they said the only time where the disciples that we can see in Scripture asked Jesus to teach them something. Like they were around him all the time, Right. So they can say, hey, teach us how to do miracles, teach us how to walk. But they said, teach us how to pray. So we're going to look at prayer. Is that okay? We're going to look at three passages about prayer. Now prayer is so interesting. Obviously, um, you know, gosh, you have not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We know that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective and availeth much. But why prayer? Prayer, you have obviously two main things. I think one, because God is relational in nature. So we're created for relationship and therefore we have this privilege of prayer and communion, communion with him. Number two, that we are in a war. And so prayer is warfare, right? How many times are we maybe dealing with a battle in ground warfare when it could have been dealt with in prayer? I remember one time I was talking with Mike Bickle who started the International House of Prayer. They pray 24-7. And he said, he's like, man, I see, he said, Christoph, I see what we're doing in the prayer movement. This is like the Air Force. And what you guys are doing in the Great Commission, those are the ground troops going in. But I don't want to be dealing with some battle on the ground that could have been won in the air. Relationship and warfare. Okay. So our first passage, we're actually going to start at the end and, uh, and blaze. Okay. So Luke 18, starting in verse 9, actually, Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness but who scorned everyone else. Now, this already sounds like it's about to be the beginning of a joke, right? Like two men went into the bar, you know. Two men go down into the temple to pray. It says, one was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself when he prayed, I thank you, Lord, I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all of my income. But the tax collector stood by himself at a distance and dared not even to lift his eyes to heaven when he prayed and said, God, have mercy on me, for I'm a sinner. I tell you that that sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. Those who exalt themselves will be humble, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, for me, this is, this is an interesting spot to start in prayer. And for me, I, I don't know, when I hear this, I hear that spiritual pride. And it's tough, right? Spiritual pride is tough, especially if you're part of a really healthy spiritual community. It's harder. 
right? So for those of us, like, I can say for YWAM, because, you know, we, we out here, we're in missions, you know, and I could kind of hear the way that that Pharisee might be praying with that, with that spiritual pride. And I hear that, mm, yes, yes, thank you, Lord, you know. Like, you could kind of hear him praying with that tongue. Like, I don't know how Pharisees sound, but like, mm, yes, yes, I thank you, Lord. I'm not a sinner like everyone else. Mm, yes, yes, mm, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm certainly not like this tax collector over here. Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> Man, that's messed up. But sometimes that spiritual pride will try to creep in, fam. Like, mm, yes, yes, I actually do missions. Mm, yes, mm, yes. Oh, well, I'm actually on church on Sunday. Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> What are other people doing? Sleeping in? Yes. Watching football. Well, I'm here. What? Dang. It's tough. It's tough when you support part of a, a healthy spiritual community for that spiritual pride to creep in, even into our prayer life. Right? You can see that. And that's my prayer. Like, Lord, every time that spiritual pride creeps, I just pray that you would hear that voice in your mind. All right? Like, <laughs> you're like, mm, well, I'm about, well, our church, mm, yes, we actually believe in miracles. Mm, yes. Oh. Oh. The church down the road, mm, yes. They haven't seen a miracle since 1965. Mm, yes. Whoa. Dang. Woo. Yo, mm, oh, what, you, you have one church? Mm, yes, yes. We have 500 all across the world. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. <laughs> Yo, it's hard when you're part of a healthy spiritual community. It's tough, man. It's super real. But then and, and you look at the things, you look at the things that he's even saying. Those are good things. Right? He doesn't cheat. He doesn't steal. Doesn't care. Mm, yes, right? Like, those are good things. Man, he even tied. That's a great thing. Wow. Praise Lord. However, the brother on the other side, right, he's over there. He says he dare not even lift his eye. Instead, he beat his chest saying, Father, have mercy on me for I am a sinner. And that the breakthrough, the breakthrough in our prayer life might just start in the place of acknowledging our weakness apart from God. That the breakthrough is right there. Like even with all of, our, all of our answered prayer, even though with all of our blessing that we're still able to find a place where we did at the beginning when we first came in. You remember when you first came in? I don't know. Maybe you grew up in it. I don't know. But I remember that place where you first, like where you were, we were actually desperate. It said, God, help. Like that, that's one of the most powerful, as we can see, is the prayer of humility. Like, God, I need you. Like that place, remember that place where you didn't care about getting on your knees? You didn't even care about your jeans no more, your jays? Because you're like, God, I need you. I'm messed up. I know about the thoughts in my mind. Like, God, I need you to help me take every thought captive. God, I am desperate without you, God. I am nothing without you, Jesus. It doesn't matter how much good I look on the outside or the things I have, my ducks in a row. Jesus, I need you. I need you. And that's actually a gift. The, that's called the gift of hunger. The gift, the gift of humility, the gift of tears. And the place of revelation 
of our, our, of our deep desperation in him. So we actually see something interesting here. That the lost person, and Luke also has an emphasis on the lost. But we see that the lost has an advantage in a way because they are aware of their desperate need for Jesus. So we can start there. And we could say, Lord, remove any spiritual, mm, yes, remove any spiritual pride from my heart, Lord. <laughs> Amen? And like, my, like, like, like our pastor was saying, Jesus is at the center. We are never going to get in a place where we start getting impressed by what, what we see the blessing have. We're never going to get impressed by these other things. It's all about Jesus in the beginning, and it will be at the end, and it will be in every step along the way as we're going there, fam. Like, I remember when I was desperate, when I was like, God, I need your help. I'm just trying to stop smoking weed. Like, help. And that was like a mission. Like, whoa, I went a week without, man, Jesus, you're real. I went a week without porn. I was like, wow, Jesus, thank you. I need you. But I'm never going to stop. I'm never going to stop and think that I've arrived. And if you're in that place where you need a breakthrough, this is the place for you. If you're in a place where you're willing to let the pride go down and humble yourself and say, man, I just need Jesus. This is the place for you. Number one. All right, second passage. We're going to jump back to Luke 11. So this is where they're saying, Jesus, could you teach it? When Jesus in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Teach us how to pray just as John taught his disciples how to pray. Jesus taught them the Lord's Prayer. If you know it, can you pray it with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now this is interesting. After he goes into this in, in verse 5 to teach more about prayer, he used this story. Okay, now you have those stories in your Bible starting in verse 5 and it's there. But I'm just going to paraphrase it for us and we're going to roll. You guys can go back and check it out later, right, to make sure that, that this is actually from the Bible because it's, it's so interesting. But he goes into this whole story about a friend that comes at midnight, right, to this other guy. And he starts to try to wake him up. He says, man, I got a friend that just came from a long distance. I don't have anything for him to eat. Can you get up? The other friend comes to the window. Sorry, man, I can't help you. Uh... And then the, the, the kind of the punchline that Jesus gives is, even though he won't do it for friendship's sake to avoid being shamed in front of the, the community, he will get up and get you anything you ask, which is interesting. You're like, Lord, <laughs> what, this is what prayer looks like? Okay, all right, okay. And then he goes on to the past that we're all familiar with, and to ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open, because everyone who asks receives. Everyone who knocks the door will be and er, everyone, everyone who knocks the door will be open to them. And then it goes on to say, you fathers, we could do that. Fathers in the house, could you please stand up? I have to ask you a question. Fathers in the house, if you are, if you have offspring and you are male, I need you to stand up. I'm gonna ask you a question, and you gotta use your like your authority, your bass voice, okay? So uh, you fathers, if if one of your children asks for a fish, would you get, so yes or no question. If they ask you for a, a, for a fish, would you give them a snake instead? No? All right. 
if they ask you for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? No, you better not be giving that to Liam, bro. That's my nephew. All right, cool. I'm checking you out. Okay, we are not going to call child services. You are okay. All right, you may be seated. So then it says, so if you being mere humans know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So this is such an interesting passage, right, because we're never, okay, that, that middle part there, we all get the Lord's Prayer. We all get that last part. But that middle story, I don't know, people are like, wait, that's in the Bible? Yo, what, what translation is that? The, the friend at midnight? It's such a weird passage, right? Because in our 21st century, it doesn't really make sense. Because what he's talking about there is he's talking about that, that whole punchline. Even though he won't do it for friendship's sake, to avoid being shamed in front of the community, he will get up and get you anything you ask. Now, we don't really understand mandatory, automatic, obligatory backup. It, right? Like, we have friends, and you got friends, like, you know, you can tell your friends who got that automatic backup because when you're moving and you have a lot of heavy stuff to carry, those are the ones who you text. Right? And even they, they still might not be like automatic backup. You're hoping like, are you available, right? Unless you're blessed and you do have that squad that's like, no, nah, they for sure got my back. But for a lot of us, we kind of lost that. So when I was thinking about automatic, what look, what's a picture of automatic backup? And I was thinking about to my time before I knew the Lord on the streets. And I remember when I was on the streets one time, we was at school and, um, you know, my, my big homies, they got suspended. So they were, they, were, they were kicked out for that week at school. So this other crew came up to us and they were like, oh, I see you now. Oh, what's up? You don't got your backup, huh? Okay, we're going to get you now. We're going to get you now. And they're calling us out. I'm like, dang, what are we going to do? So we reach out. Now, this is before the days. Uh, <laughs> this is back in the day when we just had pagers. We just had pagers, fam. So I literally had to page the big homies with the code. Doo, doo, doo. It's not even a voice memo. It's just the numbers that show up on the pager. So I paged them with a certain code, emergency. It's a sophisticated code. It was the code 911. All right, so, <laughs> so I hit them with the code. Doo, doo, doo. They get the page. Sure enough, school's over. We're walking back from school, looking over our shoulders, just like, you know, sweating. Like, we're about to get smashed. And we're looking up. Boom, all of a sudden I see my, my two big homies, my big brothers, and they're just, re they're on mission. They're like, where they at? Who's messing with you? What's up? What's up? I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, 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 what's up? <laughs> I got back up. I got back. So all of a sudden now we're walking, they're walking in front of us. We get around this corner to the park where we got to cross. This other crew jumps out. I don't know however many of them, like, boom, they jump out. What's up? Boom, they're all of a sudden they see are back, and they just go, they lose their color in their face, their eyes is wide like that. My boy Smith is at the front of the pack, and the, the guy who, their, their leader of that crew starts trying to have a conversation with it, like, hey man, I was just playing. You know, I was just messing with them. I just hit a play, bro. And, but Smith, well, he wasn't having any car. He was just like, I didn't know he was this flexible. He just started, pat, pat, kicking the dude in the head. I was like, man, you a ninja dog? Wouldn't you be doing karate? And the whole time the dude was getting kicked in the face, he was trying to talk to Smith, like just, yo, bro, just that, and trying to get pound. Like, I'm so, psh, I'm so sorry. Psh, I'm just playing. Psh, I'm just playing. Psh. <laughs> this is the craziest thing, right? Like, 
For us, we have an under, okay, like, do you know who it is that you call when you pray? Do you know whose you are and who you represent? Do you know who you're rolling with, though? Who? Ooh. I got my friend Amy. She's a, she's a, she can see in the spirit. I'm always asking her about the angel. Like, yo, do you know who you're calling when you pray? What your angels look like? Hey, it might be a hundred foot tall, full of fire, big old sword. Who know how many wings? My guy, that ape. Yo, you know who you're rolling with, though. But beyond all that, I'm rolling with the rider on the white horse, man. Woo! You know who you're rolling with, though. And, and check this out. There was once this dude, David Wilkerson, right? He's preaching to the gangs in New York City. And he's on the street corner. This uh, Latino gangster comes up to him, and he puts a knife in his face, and he goes, if you keep preaching this foolishness, I'm going to come back and cut you up into a thousand pieces. And because David Wilkinson knew who he was representing, he knew his backup. He looked back in that man's eyes and said, you can cut me up into a thousand pieces, and every single piece will cry out, Jesus loves you. That man, that gangster's name was Nicky Cruz. He was so shook because there's a saying in the streets, real recognize real. He looked in that brother's eyes. He's like, he's not playing. Who you with? <laughs> Who are you with? That, man, that gangster, that, 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 that leader of the mama, the, the gang in New York, gives his life to Jesus. That's where Teen Challenge came out of, man. <laughs> That's real. All right. Lord, give us a revelation of who we're rolling with, God. Lord, give us a revelation of who we're calling when we pray, God. Lord, I pray for a boldness in Jesus' name that we will not, you know, we're, yo, we need to dead all this stuff when we're praying. Like, Lord, if you're available, Lord, if you got time, maybe, you know, possibly, you're not too busy. You know, I got this prayer request, please, maybe, possibly, P-S-S. <laughs> No, like we're praying with boldness. That's why for us, when you get a revelation, yo, you got to, this is a dangerous prayer. It will mess up your life. Because when I got this revelation, all of a sudden everything changed. Now all of a sudden they, they come up there, hey, yo, Christoph, we got this situation with the cartel in Mexico, and they're rolling up in the broad daylight and spraying people in the back. You know, they got automatics in the back. Of, we're like, we need the gospel. We're like, yo, praise the Lord. Let's go, fam. What? Right? I bring my wife and my oldest kid into that situation. There's a TSA travel restriction. You cannot travel to that area because of the cartel stuff. But we're like, yo, let's go. Let's go see what Jesus is about to do over here in Acuna, man. The, the mayor's office is saying that the cartel is messing with them. Yo, let's go see. Let's go see what's up. And that's the crazy thing, right? When you know you got back, like the gang guys, they know who they're repping. So they, they put that everywhere. They put that everywhere. Like, man, I never seen so much red on a human body. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I definitely know what team that man is. Like, <laughs> they even read the tattoo, like, on the face. Why you got, man, that was a nice face, my dude. You just had to, it's going to be very difficult to find a job, young man. <laughs> that team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why? Because they're repping that. 
There's a boldness that happens when you understand who you're actually representing. When we get that call like, man, you know, it's so bad here in, 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 in uh, Laguna of Haiti. The pastors are going to the voodoo priests. We've been here for four years trying to do a medical ministry and we can't get anywhere. My wife and my daughters have to live in Dominican because it's so demonic here. We're like, let's go. This is a song. Let's go. It, it will change your life. When you know, and, and here's the thing, so we have that mandatory backup, and then it goes on to the whole family piece. Because maybe you're not coming from a streets background, but hopefully you come from a family where you can understand automatic backup. But not everybody comes from a family that had that. But even if you had a family that was dysfunctional, surely you're not going to ask for a stone and get a snake. Or a fish and get a scorpion. How much more your perfect heavenly father. Because my friends, I love, man, I got the best friends in the world. But at the, at the end of the day, my friends can't be there all the time. I have an amazing godly family. But at the end of the day, my family's not going to be able to be with me in all those times. And they will let me down. But God say, hey, I'm your perfectly heavenly father. And I will neither leave you nor forsake you. And I got your back. Lord, give us a revelation of who we're rolling with, of who we're representing. All right, last passage. Here we go. All right, jumping back up to finish in, uh, in 18, starting in 1. So Jesus told this story to his disciples, the story to show that they should always pray and never give up. This is, again, such an interesting passage. He said there's a, there's a certain judge in a certain city. He neither loved God nor cared about people. There was a certain widow in that city who came to repeatedly saying, grant me justice in this dispute with my enemies. You better grant me some justice. Man, one time when I was, <laughs> I was meditating on this passage, true story, true story. I asked my wife for like a whole week plus, maybe two, maybe more. Okay, to, to, to this thing of never giving up, of the persistent widow, wherever my kids were, I could burst in at any moment and get up in their face. You better grant me some justice. They would be eating breakfast and I would just roll up. You better grant me some justice in this dispute with my enemies. Going to the bathroom, kick open the door. You better grant me some justice. <laughs> Yo, straight waking them up in the morning like jumping. You better grant me some justice right now. Oh, man, grabbing them at the beach and throwing it. Grab me justice! <laughs> so, so it's crazy, right? You see this judge, and he's like, man, I neither love God or care about people, but I will make sure that this woman is granted justice because she's wearing me out by her constant request. And Jesus said, now learn a lesson from this unjust judge, for even he rendered a just decision in the end. Now, do you think that God will continue to withhold from his chosen, beloved, elect people who cry out to him day and night. I tell you, he will grant justice to them and quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, will he find anyone that has faith on the earth? So interesting. I'm trying to figure out, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this one here? Because I know you're not trying to show me that I just need to be temper tantrum. You better grip. Hey, let's go. Breakthrough. I need some breakthrough. 
And I know that he is not some corrupt judge who doesn't love, you know, doesn't love people, hates God. Of course not. He's a loving father. I already seen that. He's a loving father who's got my back. So what is going on? I mean, I'm not, I'm not the, the widow. He says, I'm the bride. I'm the, I'm the one. He says, one glance of your eyes, my heart is undone. You've ravished my heart. Yo, he's showing us already at the beginning of the parable, I'm going to show you how to always pray and never give up. So what if when there is a delay, it's just an opportunity for us to display sonship? The delay will either expose our false image of God as being a mean, corrupt, withholding judge that will then expose us and put us in this place of, or the delay will be an opportunity for us to display that even though it's not coming yet, I'm still able to say, God, you are good, you are good, and your love is, I'm still able to worship in the delay. It's an opportunity to display faith on the earth. To say, God, you're still a good, good father. You're still good. You're still got my back. Now, when the Son of Man returns, will he find anyone that has faith on the earth? Worship team can come on up. What is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The substance of things not seen. How do I know if I still have faith? Do I still have that fuel? Is in the delay for the breakthrough, am I still praying? Am I still believing? Am I still investing that place? Like I believe that today the Lord wants to resurrect new life into our prayer lives, into our personal prayer lives. I believe that the Lord wants to resurrect that secret place. I believe the Lord wants to resurrect the excitement that we had in that place of seeking him. Just to be with him. Just to press in. A generation that would seek your face, O God of Jacob. I believe that the Lord wants to resurrect the gift of hunger. The gift of humility to say, Lord... We need you. The gift of tears, the gift of desperation. I believe the Lord wants to resurrect a, a, a supernatural faith that can see with eyes of eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up, let's pray, let's pray. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, God, you are the master of the breakthrough, God. You are the master of the breakthrough. Yes, you are the master of the breakthrough. So for the first opportunity right now, you see, love requires choice or it's not love. 
Love requires choice. So for the first, I just want to give an opportunity. If there's anyone in this place that just says, I'm willing to lay down the pride. I'm willing to lay down this facade of how I look on the outside and just humble myself and say, I am desperate for you, God. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. But I just want to give an opportunity for right now. If someone's in this place and says, man, I am like that second man in that first. I want to just humble myself right now. I want to just come. I just want to come clean. No more playing games. No more play. I don't care if you're in YWAM as a leader. I don't care if you're a first-time visitor. I don't care if you're a member in the church. Whatever you're, you're in a stand. Whatever your standing is, it's not about outward appearance. It's about this inner reality of saying, I am desperate for you, God, and I can't play games anymore. So for the first call, if that's you, come on up to the front right now. I want to pray for you. I'm sick of playing games. I realize I am a sinner. I need God. You're that, first, you're that one. Just be real. All he's asking for is that realness. Ministry team, if you could come up and start praying. Our prayer team, come up and start praying for these ones. Thank you for your humility, bro. Thank you for your realness. Thank you for your transparency and your honesty. Ministry team, could you start praying in ministry? Yeah. Yeah, for others of you, others of you, I believe the Lord wants to give you that gift of boldness. To give you that gift of boldness and awareness in your prayers that you're, you're, you're not alone. You're not forsaken. He's got your back. For others of you, I want to pray for you if you are in that place where you feel like, man, I'm in delay. Where is that breakthrough I've been praying for? Maybe it's starting to affect the way that you view God. Maybe you're starting to view him like your father who didn't have your back or your mother. But he wants to restore in you a fresh faith. In your prayer life, I speak life right now into everyone in this room, God, into that place of intimacy, into that place of realness and authenticity, in the secret place of our prayer life, God, that you would be the fuel, God, that you would be the center. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord.
Yes. I believe the Lord right now is releasing the gift of prayer languages. If you don't have a prayer language in the spirit, just begin to pray right now. I believe the Lord is going to activate a prayer language. For those of you who already have one, I don't know. I've never prayed this before, but, but I feel that the Lord is releasing a new prayer tongue. And especially one that's going to be more of a warfare tongue in faith. So begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to stir it up. Begin to stir up the gift that was given to you. I believe he's releasing a new tongue. A warring tongue. A warring tongue. We will be fueled by your word. We will be fueled by your truth, God. We call forth the things that are not as though they were. Call forth that breakthrough. Yes, Lord. You know, for my friend who recently passed away, I told you about whose wife had Lyme's disease for 30 plus years. After praying for 30 plus years, she was healed of Lyme's disease, which the doctors say is incurable. I'm going to have Pastor Jacob just release a prayer over us right now for a rooting an ability to be anchored, an ability to stand on the Word of God as the fuel for our prayer life, as the substance, as the fuel for our faith, for what we're contending for. Amen? That even though we don't yet see it, this is the opportunity. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. This is the place of pressing in, of relationship, of drawing near. So just open up your hands right now like you're receiving a gift all over this room. We're believing that as you get into the Word this week, that, that verses are going to start jumping off the page and harpooning you in the heart. That the Word of God is going to become like alive to you like you're, like you're looking at it with 3D glasses. That the Word is going to start to come alive. And there's going to be a fuel in the Word for faith. Even when we don't feel it. Even when we don't see it. That we're going to be able to stand on truth that is unshakable. Even though everything else can be shaken. You will never be shaken. 
Come on, just lift your hands all across this room right now. And Lord, I ask that as we take your word as this foundation, as we've been singing, as we've been declaring, Jesus, by your shed blood, you have opened the door for a covenant, for promises, for a will and testament, Lord, that we have a legal basis to stand on. Lord, by your shed blood, sinners are forgiven. By your shed blood, bodies are made whole. By your shed blood, sin is destroyed over our life. The influence of the enemy is destroyed in the name of Jesus. God, there is nothing too big. There is nothing that has been unredeemed that you have not purchased and made available. And so right now, God, I declare, Lord, in authority, on standing on the Word of God, in authority being released over the people of God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Your Word says, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. Lord, we stand in the authority of the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. Let our lives be marked by miracles, by signs, by wonders. Lord, by impossible people being born again, by those who are bound being liberated and set free those with incurable illness or disease being radically healed and transformed almighty God raise up a mighty body of believers who will take you at your word O Lord and contend until we see breakthrough in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus oh hallelujah oh hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 You know, I've, I've made it a habit of mine as I, as I like, as I'm getting ready for service and whatnot, I'll just pull on these old revival meetings. There was an old Kenneth Hagin meeting, Rodney Howard Brown, and a bunch of guys were ministering together. Old Roberts was in the meeting, and the power of God began to break out in a powerful way. And Brother Rodney gets up, and he grabs the microphone, and he says, Talking about the power of God. It's in yielding. It's in yielding. It's in yielding. And this, is what, this is what Brother Christoph was talking about today. Yeah, we're anointed and we're blessed and God's doing wonderful things. But if we don't remain in that posture of being yielded, Lord, I, I've got some winds under my belt. That's a dangerous place to be. But Lord, what are you doing? What are you speaking? What are you doing right now? I need you today. I need you right now. God, I just ask that you will help us to maintain this posture of humility and surrender. That God, we would be as that man that beat his chest. God, all I am is a sinner. I have nothing to bring to the table. Everything that is good, everything that is blessed, every gift that I possess is from you, and you deserve all the glory. And so we honor you and we acknowledge you. I want to pray about one more thing before we 
before we conclude our service. Maybe you're here today and you've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're not sure that if today were the day you were to meet Jesus face to face, you're not confident that you would be received into heaven, that hell is maybe a real and a fearful expectation. The Bible says that if we would call on the name of the Lord, we would be saved. If we would confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and we would believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, we would be born again. And if you're here, I'm going to help you with those words. I can't help you with the faith. That has to be between you and God. But if you believe what Jesus Christ has done, that 2,000 years ago, he died a sinner's death, although he was a sinless man. But he did that to bear our sin, so that all who would believe in him would receive his righteousness that he would cleanse you of your sin, that he would forgive you. And one day when you stand before God on judgment day, he's going to look at you and see the righteousness of his son Jesus applied to your life and say, enter in. Jesus bore our sin. All we need to do is receive it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I want you to include me in your prayer. I want to be sure before I leave here today that my sin is forgiven and that I'm right with God. I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I want you to lift your hand so I know exactly who I'm praying for. Whether you're here, you're in the overflow, even if you're watching online, I want you to let us know. Include me in this prayer. If that be you, you say, I want Jesus to forgive me. I want to know that I'm right with God before I end this service today. At the count of three, would you lift your hands? One, two, three. Hands up. Hands up, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Other others, hands up where I can see them. I see in the back there. Are there others? Are there others? I see over there. Are there others? Come on, I, I'm sure there's some in the overflow. You comment in that, in that, uh, in that chat if you're, if you're responding to this right now on Facebook or, or on YouTube, however that is. Come on, can I just lead us in this declaration right now? I want everybody to pray right out loud. Pray, dear Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. I've sinned. I've fallen short of your holy standard. I ask you, wash me in your blood. Cleanse me and make me brand new. Help me to live a life that honors you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be my Savior. Be my Lord and my very best friend. I give you my life. Use me for your namesake. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, give God praise.